This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The SAM method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. 
It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled with. Okay. So click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th, okay? And Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the, for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. What's up, my loves? Listen, are you looking for a daily dose of spiritual inspiration to get you going in the morning? Guess what, honey? I got you. I'm so excited. So, so, so excited to share with you my latest creation, which is a five-minute daily meditation page-a-day calendar for 2022. This is going to be a year of growth, authenticity, and introspection. And you're going to be able to wake up every day and rely on this baby right here to give you a daily dose of spiritually sassy wisdom. And guess what? This gorgeous new baby that I just gave birth to is 100% recyclable and eco-friendly honey, okay? So get yours today and give it to your friends. Give it to, you know, to anyone who's on a spiritual path, a newbie or someone who is an advanced practitioner. The calendar has material and, and, and wisdom and for everyone on the path, doesn't matter where you're at on the journey. I've got you covered, honey. And guess what? As a Spiritually Sassy Show listener, I'm offering you an exclusive 10% off your purchase of the calendar. So go to workman.com and use code MEDITATE, all caps. And I'm going to put this, uh, all of this information in the show notes, okay? But it's workman.com and code MEDITATE, all caps. And it's W O. R-K-M-A-N dot com and code MEDITATE, all caps, M-E-D-I-T-A-T-E. Okay, love you so much. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. So foundational thing to understand before we go anywhere hunties okay is that karma is a natural law like gravity you know we just oftentimes um, can't see with the eyes in our face but our nervous systems know the quality of our mind knows the state of our body knows 
the everything around us is is reflecting back to us our current uh, karma. So when you look through the lens of Buddhist psychology, and I'm going to make this very very complex topic very simple. I'm going to do my best effort to really just make it super digestible for you guys in in very practical ways. Okay. So the word karma actually means action, right? But when you when you when you break it down even further, it's it's the law of cause and effect, right? So every thought, every feeling, every doing up with the body, every every word, everything is is a, a two for one deal, right? It comes with a consequence. There's no thought that you don't engage with, believe connect with that won't have a consequence. There's no feeling that you don't believe, operate under its guidance, uh, engage with, become entangled with that won't have a consequence. There are no words spoken that won't have a consequence. There are no actions done that won't have a consequence. All right, so when we, when, we, when we start to understand this, right, it puts us on the hot seat, it puts us on the hot seat of our lives. It really puts us back on the driving seat of our life, right? We're no longer in the passenger of the car. We're no longer even the co-pilot. Now we're like, okay, bitch, this is it. I'm the driver, right? So it's important to just like pause and just start to open yourself up right now to a beginner's mind, a beginner's mind. Okay, radical responsibility for my life means that I'm, I'm willing to understand the natural law of karma, the law of cause and effect, like that. So perhaps, let's start to think about the fact that everything that we're living out right in this very moment, having this conversation right now, coming together as a community, every single thing is a consequence of our past actions. Now, in Buddhist psychology, it says that, that, our, that, our, that our life doesn't begin and end with only this life, with only this short, you know, 80 to maybe over 100 years that, that some of us will live, right? That our mind stream and our karmic uh, patterning has been happening for many, many, many lifetimes. So we are living out the consequence of many lifetimes, many lifetimes in the making. You know, I can't give credit to my success, to my reach, to my clarity, to my patience, to my sass, to my joy, to my abundance, to just sa. Oh, it's all the work of sa, all done in this lifetime. Poor thing. No, absolutely wrong. Opening yourself up to the truth of karma, we recognize that I have been working this iteration of my karma, now known as Sa, with this reach, with this form, with this flamboyantness, in this queerness, is the consequence of many lifetimes in the making. So I can't take credit for all the good that's happening in my life. You know, I can't take the, the full credit for it. Now, of course, I'm playing a part of it. I'm playing a huge part into it. And that's the liberate, that's a libera liberatory part of it. It's the recognition that we have choice. 
oftentimes we forget that we have a choice. Karma says you have choice and you have responsibility on the same breath. As you, as you breathe in, responsibility. As you breathe out, choice. Are we communicating? Is this landing? Is this landing for you? So as we start to understand that every single experience that we are having right now, the way the world sees you, the way you see the world, your environment, your experiences, the people around you, the quality of your mind, these are all directly connected to your karma. You are living out the consequence of your past actions. And now when we open up to another degree, right? I've done a TEDx talk about transgenerational trauma. And at that point, and the talk's done so well that they now moved the talk from just the YouTube, not just, but from the YouTube channel, Tad's YouTube channel, onto tad.com, which is a, a quite big and cool accomplishment. And then I sit here in front of you, speaking to you vulnerably about my new understanding of it. I no longer place blame on my lineage for the tendencies that I have, for my addictive behavior. In my TEDx talk, I spoke about depression being a reoccurring genetic deficiency in my family tree. And I went as far as saying that it is this way because my grandmother, my mom's mom, very depressed, also iconically beautiful, also profoundly loving. She killed herself. My mom was only 11. And then because of that trauma, because of that pain, then when my mom was pregnant with me, then I inher inherited this genetic deficiency. And it was cool to be able to sort of trace back. You know, there's the research from Dr. Rachel Yahuda, I believe it's her name. She was studying the genetic makeup from Holocaust survivors and their family tree. And what she found that the entire family tree, after an extremely traumatic event, shared a very specific genetic patterning. And some of the most alarming things were that depression lingers on through chemistry, passes on generation after generation. So that's one way of thinking about it, right? Now, when I sit here in front of you and I explain to you the evolutionary new way of understanding this, it's not that I'm putting down my TEDx talk. It's not that I'm putting down the scientific community. I'm just inviting you into a new way of understanding yourself, of understanding the responsibility that you have over your life. The radical responsibility that you have over your life. So now let's go up to the karmic perspective, right? 
Karma says, I didn't inherit anything from my parents. I didn't, it's, I'm not the work of, of the handiwork of mommy and daddy. I'm not the handiwork of my, of my depressed grandmother who committed suicide. But guess what? We share the similar tendencies. Because in between lifetimes, so hear me out, okay? This gets a little more poetic. This gets a little bit more mystical, you know? Your mind might be, you know, um, feeling triggered. And your body might be responding by shutting down. Or not. Or you may be like, okay, honey, let's go. I'm ready to, I'm ready to learn something new. I'm ready to understand myself and my life in a new way. In a profoundly wise way, free of blame, with complete ownership. Karma says that I chose this family tree because we all share similar tendencies. Karma says I chose my mom and my dad and my brother and sister and the place of birth and the skin color and the sexual orientation. Because all these aspects will help me work on my mind to liberate the Buddha that lives inside of me. Karma says, I chose my mom because her and I share very similar tendencies. Therefore, she has the power to show me my mind. Therefore, dad has the power to show me my mind. So if you have, a, if you have a, a child close to you, a kid, or if you, if you have kids, start to entertain the idea that perhaps they chose you because you can help them to become free and they can help you to become free. It's a mutual agreement that happens in between lives. That understanding start to starts to open you up to seeing how interdependent we are how profoundly interconnected everything is now what i shared in the master class about us you know taking the stand to oppression to addiction to depression to anxiety to violence to harm and say, I'm choosing to heal. Your healing is impacting the healing of everyone and everything. Same way that your pain is. So when I share that we are healing our, our lineage, our ancestors, it's because you're doing things that they didn't have an opportunity to do. They didn't have the courage to do. They didn't have the audacity to say enough with racism, enough with homophobia, enough with harm. I am choosing to forgive. I am choosing to release the need to punish myself, to punish others. I am done living a sour life, a glitchy and painful existence because I'm constantly seeking revenge. That should start to open you up to another way of understanding yourself and your life. 
Now let's look at the four tracks of karma, right? Four tracks of karma. Track number one. So you may want to be writing this down. The way the world sees you. Does the world see you as a trustworthy person? Does the world see you as a benevolent person? Does the world per perceives you as a kind, compassionate, sweet, loving, funny person? Track number one, the way the world sees you. Track number two, or these are four pillars of karma, four tracks of karma, however way you want to word that in your, in your journal. Track number two, the way you see the world. Do you see the world often through the lens of ugliness, of flaws? You see the world as a bad, unsafe place. Do you constant laser focus on all that's wrong, on all that's not working? Are you more inclined towards seeing everything that isn't working? And this isn't, I'm not speaking about discriminating wisdom. I'm not speaking about justice. I'm speaking about this low level mindset constantly seeking out what's wrong, what's bad, what's not working. Track number three, your environment slash your experiences. Is the environment that you're in right now, does it have light? Does it smell good? Is it clean? Is it organized? Is the environment around your house Messy, dirty, piles of stuff everywhere, cluttered. Are your experiences mostly unpleasant, stressful, triggering? Or is your environment and your experiences, to some degree, pleasant? Or is there always a fight in your home, in your environment? Are you constantly encountering experiences that lead to chaos and turmoil? And then track number four. And again, these are not these are not linear. They're not happening one and the other one and the other one. They don't. It's, they're all happening simultaneously. In the same breath, they're all happening. Track number four, mental tendencies. Is the overall tendency of your mind to ruminate in the past or to worry about the future? Is the overall tendency of your mind to judge, to neglect, to oppress, to gossip? Is your inner vocabulary violent? Is your inner critic always on do you wake up with a mind that's relaxed and excited about the day or do you wake up with a mind tired 
sad, confused? How is your mind in the afternoon when there isn't much to do besides being? So track number four, it's literally you looking at your records of therapy for all these years that you have acquired self-awareness, right? Like that. So when we think about the four tracks of karma, we are then directly, directly connecting them to our past experiences and then opening ourselves up to our past lives. So therefore, if these four tracks of karma, if all these aspects of my experience are in one way or another unpleasant, harmful, violent, confusing, chaotic, then this puts us in the hot seat. That I'm not this way because of them, because of this or that. I'm experiencing this because of my own past life, my own past experiences. Every single thing that's led me to this point, I have a part in it. Very, very hard to swallow, to integrate, to actualize this, right? And you may be asking, what the fuck do you mean? The trauma, the ways I was oppressed, harmed, abused. You're saying that those were consequence of my own past actions in, in my all my previous lives. My darling, to a degree, I invite you to see if there is an opportunity for you to open yourself up to this new understanding. And I know this is difficult in a world, you know, that oftentimes can be utterly and profoundly violent and utterly and profoundly harmful and oppressive and racist and homophobic. But what if everything, the good and the bad, you've created? Because they're all parts of your healing curriculum. What if in between lives there is a contract of all the main things that you need to experience in order for you to evolve? What if there was such thing as your soul's contract? But how do you explain this person that died when they're 22? How do you explain this baby that died when they're only six months old? How do you explain the poverty in these parts of the world? How do you explain this, um, this tragedy that just happened in this, you know, or this enormous, the, this plane crash with all these amazing people who died together? How do you explain that? I'm here to invite you to think about the good and the bad, all of it as a consequence of our past actions. And then it helps us to start to, to, to tr change how we relate to good, to bad. It helps us to stop entering into such a dualistic, binary approach to our lives, right? And then we're actually able to see Every difficulty, every trauma, every pain as a blessing in drag, 
as a blessing in drag. But, you know, like I shared in, in the, the masterclass with Shannon, as I shared before in, in other talks and, and in my book, don't force yourself to start to engage with life through this lens if you're not ready for it. But just take an opportunity, take this opportunity to start to think about entering life with radical responsibility. What happens then? What happens then if I am the driver? If I am in the hot seat? You have an opportunity to redesign your karma because you may be living out the consequence of things that have happened to you, many, many things that you've done, things that, that have happened for you in previous lives. You may be living out this, the consequence of this past, of this karma now in the present moment. You know? Your choice happens when, you, when, it's, when you're triggered, when you're experiencing challenges. when you are faced with oppression, with abuse, with harm, will you perpetuate the cycle of suffering? Or will you stand up and make a different choice? A choice that awakens and energizes and amplifies your heart, your Buddha nature. That choice has to be based on compassion, on love, on joy and wisdom. And again, these qualities happen simultaneously in the same breath. They arise, they become amplified, and they change the karmic course of your life. Like that. I know this can be very challenging to, to engage with, to taste. But this is what the historical Buddha has put forth. And it's been so liberating to now look at my parents, to look at my life with a blessing mindset, with a mindset, with a view that everything is weaved the way it is, connected the way it is, because of this natural law called karma. Liberating can be, right? I mean, there's a story, and I'm going to butcher the story, but I've shared this story in the past. There were a couple nuns who were kidnapped and, and, and you know, horribly abused for about two years in Tibet. And when they were, um, when they were released from captivity, um, they were they they came to do a talk in the United States, and everything that they shared was so confusing for the audience that people started leaving. They didn't understand, and what they shared is, I have experienced this last two years as a purification process, as a consequence of my past actions. Therefore, thank you. Thank you to the people who have kidnapped me. Thank you to the people who have abused me. And I know everything that I'm saying is utterly and profoundly edgy and very triggering and confusing 
But again, we're just here talking, communicating, coming together as a community to sort of upgrade our hardware, our, hard, our, our hardware system. To start to just entertain that there is something else at play. That there is a way that we can relate to pain and suffering in a new way. So then what happens when I see someone who's in tremendous suffering? I just say, oh, that's their karma. Be well now. No. Because you've seen it. Now it's part of your karma. You have a choice to liberate them while liberating yourself. So when you see someone in, 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 a, in a tragic uh, circumstance, in a tragic moment, you turning a blind eye and walking, what did you just do into your karmic garden? You water the seeds of oppression, confusion, anger, hatred. Now, if you choose to open your eyes wide and see that because that experience is meeting your senses, it's now your opportunity. And with every opportunity, there's choice and there's consequence. Now, what will you choose? To continue walking? To turn a blind eye because it's their karma. Sorry, honey. Be well now. No. If it's meeting your senses, if it's coming through your sense gates, it's now yours to work with. How's your inner world relating to it? How's your inner world relating to it? So let's always think about the natural law of karma through these four tracks. Then when we look at our parents and our family, we say, wow, I have chosen y'all in this lifetime because we have shared tendencies. Oh my goodness, how cool. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Thank you, all the difficult people in our, in our lives, in our nuclear families, for helping us to, to, to get to know our minds to get to liberate and eradicate and delete our neurotic tendencies and helping us to develop our enlightened qualities. Can we now start to see it all as part of a healing curriculum? Can we now start to see that there's order in the chaos? That there is synergy in turmoil, in catastrophe? And then choice and consequences. And then again, choice and consequences. And then again, choice and consequences. So just take all of this information and say, okay, if the way the world sees me right now is X, Y, and Z, if the way I see the world right now is X, Y, and Z, if my environment is this way, my experiences are perpetually that, and my mental tendencies are exactly like this, Holy fucking shit. Now I know that it's all changing, transient, impermanent, not solid, not forever. That will change. And it will change as I choose. And when I choose, there's a consequence. Every single moment is being documented. You know, I was talking to my boyfriend uh, last night. He said he had a, has a sign in his house that says, I saw that. 
and it's signed karma. I love that. Because we're so unaware of everything that's happening in our internal world, right? We're stopping in traffic and we see a person crossing the street because of their way, because of their the, the way you perceive their body, because of the way you perceive their hair, their skin color, the way they walk, all the things. You're 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 violently placing all these labels on them. And then you're like, oh that has no harm because I will never see them again. I could just drive off. Sweetie. Karma says, I saw that bitch. All of that has a consequence. All of the violent ways that you done anonymously in the silence, in the quiet of your own car. Karma says, I saw that bitch. The same way that karma sees, integrates, actualizes in your life when you're walking by somebody who's in profound pain, and because of your current circumstance, you can't actually stop to hold their hand or look into their eyes. But in that moment, you're able to offer them a blessing. May you be happy. May you know peace. May all of your dreams come true. May you recognize that this current experience is transient. Karma says, I saw that, bitch. That benevolent, skillful, wholesome thought and blessing has a consequence. So now you're changing the way the world sees you. Now you're changing the way you see you. Now you're changing your environment. You're changing your experiences. Now you're changing the overarching architecture of your mental tendencies. Choice, consequence. Choice, consequence. Choice, consequence. And the word merit comes into the picture as the nectar of liberation. Merit is spiritual money. So let's use capitalist terminology, right? Because that's a lot easier for all of us to understand. And I know we're talking about some far out mystical shit, right? That's being written on these ancient scriptures for thousands of years. And now here we are in this modern day coming together as a community to take radical responsibility for our lives, to understand that we are living out a healing curriculum, a soul contract that's being put in place and now it's my choice to work it through. Work it through. Merit says, merit is spiritual money. Karma is like your account is, is overdrawn. You have like huge karmic debt, right? We all do. That's why we have these wobble states, these crunchy states, these sticky states, these challenging experiences, these traumatizing events, you know. Now, how do I offset my karmic debt? By accumulating merit. How do you accumulate merit? How do you pay off your karmic debt? You pay off with merit, spiritual money. How do I accumulate spiritual money? By being a good person. Simple. Quite simple. How are you good? How do you become a good person when every thought, feeling, emotion, word, action is weaved, is entangled, it's partnered with your heart? Can every thought, feeling, emotion, sensation, word, action 
help me to exercise my best qualities of love, compassion, wisdom, and joy? Could I orient every aspect of my personality to be of benefit to others? Could I take time out of my schedule to just pray for the well-being of the world? Could I take my evening shower and could I be using the power of my imagination to visualize as I wash my body, washing away the suffering from everyone's mind? Could I stop being so utterly and profoundly selfish, self-centered with my self-care practice? Could I recognize that the most genuine self-care practice you can do is community care? Could I take a moment to actually get to know the person who cleans my house? Could I ask them about their kids? Could I take a moment to offer a blessing to the woman who does my laundry, who her mother just passed away last week from COVID? And the laundry will be late because she's going to the funeral. Could I pause for a moment out of my busy schedule to just look them directly in their eyes and say, holy fucking shit, I'm so sorry that happened. And then as you walk away, you send the mother and the family a silent blessing. And as you pay for the laundry, you send them a big tip. Can I live like this? Is it possible? It's the only way to live, honey. Unless you want to perpetuate suffering in your life. Unless you want to continuously accumulate and drive yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into karmic debt. You want to make $10,000 a month? You want to make $30,000 a month? You want to make $50,000 a month? See if you can, you know, offer 10,000 blessings. See if you can offer 50,000 blessings. See if you can... Write out on a piece of paper 10,000 times, may all beings with no exception be free of mental physical suffering. May all beings with no exception be free of mental physical suffering. Can I work with life from a spiritual perspective? Yes, you can. And yes, you should. Is this landing? Are we communicating? Far out, right? Far out. Far out, I understand. I understand. But it's good to have a framework. It's good to enter life and say there's no one to blame. Whatever comes at me is for me. Whatever comes at me is for me. Life isn't happening to me. Life is happening for me, for my highest good. Yes, life. I can handle any challenges. Because I know I have choice. And I know with every benevolent, skillful, kind choice, a consequence happens. Tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. And then the most beautiful thing that happens, it said that the mind of the historical Buddha had become so prevalent, it was so, the, the overarching 
architecture of his mind was so peaceful, compassionate, kind, loving, joyful, and wise because of the consequence of all of its past, all of his past actions. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is it to think about the, about the mind of a radical saint like Mother Teresa who is helping people as they're dying and made it her mission to help the orphans, to help the kids in the streets of Kolkata. Think about the peace that she has accumulated. Think about the joy that she's accumulated. We need to look up to these radical saints as the developed versions of who we can become. But are we going to live our lives perpetually blaming the world for how we feel, blaming other people for our experiences, utterly and profoundly engaging from a victim mindset? When you see beauty in others, when you see beauty in yourself, isn't some, it's not some random shit. It's not because you're genuinely seeing uh, an a, a innately beautiful person. No, bitch. You're seeing it because that's the quality of your mind. You and I could look at the same person and be like, oh my God. Hell no. An enlightened mind, a, liberty, a, a liberated mind, the mind of a saint sees their blissful nature sees no ugliness, no flaws. Can we work towards that? Can that be the roadmap that we live? Can that be the direction of our lives? Can we utterly and profoundly recognize that when I see ugliness in other people, it's because it's the quality of my mind, that a radical saint that lives inside of my being, a radical saint that lives up in the mountains of, in, in, in India, in Everest, the Himalayas, the saints all around us, can we recognize that their mind is so pure, so developed, that they see the world through a harmonious lens? I want that. I am insatiably working on that mindset. And I'm continuously checking my fucking shit. I walk to the supermarket. I see all these people. Oh, my God. Everyone's so annoying. All these people are so annoying. Oh, my God. Check my shit. Once I liberate my, listen to this part. Once I liberate my mind of judgment, once I liberate my mind from hate, the next thing comes up, wisdom. So it's not that you're going to see somebody who's being annoying to another person or you're going to see some, play very close attention to this part. It's not that you're going to see a person at the supermarket. And I see this often because I go to this very bougie grocery store right here in my neighborhood. And very often I have to sort of put my foot down. The cashiers, the people who work behind the counters there, they're grateful that I'm coming in because I'm, I'm there as the Dharma police, honey. I'm not letting any bougie motherfucker talk down to a cashier. Never in my presence. Ever. I always stand up to oppression. 
fire, fire. But is my fire confused or is my fire wise? So as you liberate your mind, as you see, oh my God, this person is so fucking ridiculous, being so oppressive, so racist, so homophobic right now. Okay, heard. All right. Is everything that I'm, is everything that I'm taking in from this experience only harm? And is this harm triggering violence inside of me, confusion inside of me? Okay, check your shit. Delete, eradicate, open up. And as you open up, wisdom arises, compassion arises, love arises, joy arises. Then you have the, the orientation of liberation happening inside of you. So now you're no longer understanding a situation through a confused state. You're no longer listening to the situation through the lens of, of, of confusion, of anger. When wisdom arises, it's the fire of compassion that triggers it. And that's when you become proactive. That's when you know the exact antidote. I'm not going to scream at an oppressor when they're oppressing, you know, this person who's been systemically oppressed. I can't do that. That's me reacting to karma that's meeting my senses through an unskillful way. Therefore, I'm watering the seeds there are, that will build more unskillful behavior inside of my body, speech, and mind. Therefore, more of that will prevail. But now, could I open up? And can the inner wisdom of the Buddha that sits in your heart speak? And when the inner wisdom speaks, you know the exact way of speaking to the ignorant mind. You know the exact way to dance with that oppression. You know the exact way to speak to the ignorance. That is the offering, beloved. Now you know you can rely on yourself. Now you know you can trust yourself. Like that. Like that. Is this landing? Are we, are we walking together? Are we communicating? There is a way for you to rely on yourself at every single moment. And a lot of this stuff could be very intellectual. You know, Buddhism can be profoundly intellectual because it's so mathematical, it's so scientific in its, in its approach, you know, because one thing leads to the next and then that thing leads to that. It's so mathematical. You know, there's like a, a mathematical equation to healing and to suffering, right? And it could be very easy to sort of like in, uh, uh, um, um, internalize this through an intellectual view. But it would only make sense when you really understand that there is a way to approach every single aspect of your life through a spiritual lens, through the karmic lens. You want to make $10,000? Offer 10,000 blessings. You want to make a million dollars? Offer a million blessings. That will exhaust your karmic debt. And that will build your merit account. You're going to become spiritually rich. And I'm using this money example because I was talking to somebody about this just earlier today. They need an, an, uh, an X amount of, of money. They need an X amount of, of people to do a specific thing. I'm like, why don't we look at it from a purely mathematical equation? 
Why don't we get out of the way and we think about community care? Why don't we think about, about, about the way to, to create this for ourselves from an altruistic perspective? Could I create wealth that's built on altruism? Yes, the only way you should. Could I create abundance that's built on selflessness? Yes, absolutely the only way you should. Like that. Can I, be a com- can I become a radical saint? Yes, you already are. You just forgot. The amnesia is so thick. But in this very moment, snap out of it. Look around and see that you've created everything around you that the way you're experiencing everything around you is because of the quality of your mind. The quality of your mind is based on the the quality of your past actions. Everything comes to be because of something else. Everything comes to be because of something else. A multiplicity of variables at play. And then boom, that happens. This happens. You happen. This mindset happens. These words come out of your mouth. This action is done. Like that. Like that. Like that. So just take a moment right now to just like, bring this in from the mind into the heart. Just like see this traveling down into your heart. All that's good that landed, all the insights. Just see it like traveling from the mind into the heart. From the intellect into wisdom. And then just say it in your mind, for the highest good of all, whatever is meant to be actualized in my life right now, so it is. Whatever from this talk is meant to be actualized, whatever from this talk I'm ready to actualize in every area of my life. And so it is. May it be, and so it is, like that, like that. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to the Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. 